Well, it might well be the middle of winter here in New Zealand, but cricket is firmly in the headlines and the forefront of our minds, despite the small numbers on the temperature gauge. A captivating Ashes series filled with drama stokes the fire late at night. Meanwhile, the ICC men's 50-over World Cup draw has just been released and features some blockbuster games, including a 2019 final rematch between us and England, of course, to launch the tournament. Qualifying stage for this tournament has produced some spectacular moments and performances, but it's also continued to raise concern over the state of West Indies cricket, which may well reflect a deeper issue for the sports landscape. T20 franchises are becoming all-consuming. The future calendar has never been as confusing or as busy. Uh, and who holds the cards moving forward is a question worth getting to the bottom of. Well, Greg Barclay is a long-serving administrator when it comes to cricket in New Zealand and abroad, but most importantly, he sits now as the chairman of the ICC, a very prestigious and important role, which he has held now for a number of years. And uh, he's managed to find a little bit of uh, busy time in his schedule to have a chat to us. Greg, good morning to you, and uh, thanks so much for your time. Well, it's a pleasure, Ian. Um, always good to, to chat with you, as you know. And, uh, yeah, I was quite intrigued to hear me called, uh, referred to as a long-standing administrator. I didn't, uh, didn't sort of think that I was ageing at all, but clearly I am. Clearly you are. You've been around a long, long time and important periods of time as well. Hey, Greg, uh, just on that, uh, the, the role of uh, the ICC chairman, how much time does it take you away from New Zealand? Uh, well, this year, um, I, I guess that there's a bit of COVID catch-up, um, trying to fit a bit of stuff in, which I've been doing over the last 12 to 18 months. But a reasonable period of time. I mean, I've probably been away from New Zealand in, in blocks this year already eight weeks. And obviously, with um, I'm, I'm away tonight to the back end of this qualifying tournament in Zimbabwe then, ICC meetings in Durban in the days following, um, and, and we lead through to the end of the year with the World Cup in India. So you know, it might be sort of 14, 15 weeks by the end of the year that I've, um, I've been out of the country. So it's a, uh, it's a lengthy imagine, period of time. Yeah, I was going to say, I would imagine too that uh, the, uh, the, the fact that you're at home means it's it's uh, still a lot of work uh, in terms of uh, communications and emails, etc. That, I mean, almost a daily thing yes yep um the the one saving grace around that is given uh, time zones and whatnot i can put most of the um icc work into early morning slots so you know six to nine or whatever if i'm if i'm doing uk or south africa um, those parts of the world and if i'm doing asia and the middle east i can do evening so um it, it does free up a, a working day um in in most senses, uh, but it does obviously make for a long day. So yes, there are you know there are periods where where I'm spending hours on it. Absolutely, Greg. One of the um, roles uh, I would imagine, which is um, centred to what you're doing and, and what the ICC are doing, is the future of uh, of cricket around the world and the, the guaranteed nature of it as such. And one of the the question marks has been of late around about the future of the five-day game of Test cricket, and people are saying, look, only the strong will survive. It's going to be a very small group of te- uh, countries that particularly uh, will be playing in it now. Uh, is that something that's on the agenda uh, constantly for you? Yes, it is. Um, it's sort of front of mind all of the time, really, trying to make the, the calendar work. And 
I, I mean, I, first and foremost, we're, we're fortunate that we've got these three forms of the game and, and they all seem to captivate audiences when they're sitting in their, in their right slots and have the right context applied to them. One of them certainly helps fund a, a large part of the game, but of course, um, at the other end of the spectrum, the, the test game is the part that gives us our, our history and our legacy and um, our, almost our point of difference. But because of the traditional nature of that, it's a it, it's a form of the game that, that's played by men predominantly. Um, I fully accept that there are uh, have been you know, women playing test cricket for a, a long period of time, but it is predominantly played by men and, and a limited number of countries. And given the nature of the calendar and uh, you know, what you alluded to in your introduction, it is going to be very difficult to continue to play test cricket in the way that we've experienced it in the decades leading up to now. So, you know, something something needs to give somewhere. And um, you couple that with the fact that test cricket is extensive. So if you're, um, if you're not one of the, the larger, better resource countries, then you are going to struggle to play test cricket. That that's a fact. Now, there are some things that we can do to address that. Obviously, ICC coming to the party, um, looking to support it in, in various ways. But that, that will only go so far. You know, if you don't have domestic competitions and you, you, you're not resourcing up the, the longer form of the game, then it's very difficult to suddenly produce a top team um, that, that can walk in to play a test match. And if you want to see a great example of that, just look at the struggles that Ireland have. You know, they've been a full member for, what, six years or something now. They've, they've tried to battle their way th- through test cricket with no genuine base to, to the red ball or long form of the game. And, and it shows. They are they're struggling. It's an interesting question. And the timing of the question is, is uh, I guess, a little bit interesting as well. Because right now we're in the middle of a very hotly contested and talked about Ashes series. We've just seen a World Test Championship final. And for people looking in on Test cricket, they'd say, man, this game must be in great shape. Look at the numbers. Yeah, well... Uh, it, Probably early days, and in, in some respects, um, in that the World Test Championship, I think, has given the, the long form of the game a, a shot in the arm. So, so we do have relevance and context, um, and we do have uh, scheduling and resourcing to help with that. So, so I think that that's certainly helped to drive some interest. And of course, in your traditional forms of, of the game, the Ashes being the, the ultimate example, you, you will always generate interest in it. It's it's just so inherently ingrained in the in the cricket psyche of, of the countries that are playing it that you know it's hard to imagine it will ever be anything less. Although I think it's gone to another level now with you know a lot of the factors at play. But but again, if you if you look at the opposite end of the spectrum, so go to those um, you know maybe six or eight countries. Um, outside of that four to six, and um, it, you know they're, they're struggling with long form. Um, Zimbabwe, Ireland, Afghanistan, Sri Lanka. Um, you know, Test cricket is a is a battle for them. As much as it would be fantastic to see them there and see them playing um, a, a lot more more cricket. And I and I guess that you get to a point where you just have to work out well, what is the most optimum um, structure you can put in place. And I think if you look at New Zealand as a good example. You know, circa four tests at home, four tests away. Um, you might have one more, one less, whatever it looks like. But that seems to work, and, and maybe that's the model that a lot of countries should be should be pushing for um, to see if they can't can't get something that that sort of works in in, in that sort of sense. Greg, uh, you, there was a time not that long ago where people were saying, "Gosh, uh, we can't sustain three forms of the game." 
Um, you know, you, you mentioned before that they each have their own level of interest, which is uh, very encouraging. Uh, and here we are in a World Cup uh, year of the 50-over variety, and we all remember what happened in 2019. Uh, that form of the game was on a, a bit of a high. Uh, do you see that with a World Cup in India of all places is a time to really um, re-cash in on 50-over cricket? Yeah, it's an interesting question, that, And, um, yeah, it's something that I think we're all aware of as, as um, stakeholders in the game, but certainly at ICC level, um, it, it, it's almost become the one form of the game that's lost its lost its way a little bit. Um, you know, T20s doing what it's doing, and I'm sure we'll have a conversation about that. But it's let, let's assume with you know, <laughs> some of the issues that that it brings that it's thriving. Um, Test cricket, I think, is is coming back, but we do have challenges as, as I've already said. The the bit that maybe is not fitting as well as it should at the moment is fifty over the fifty over game, and yet. Um, it is still the most um, followed and the most lucrative um, form of the game when when we put it into the context of a um, of a World Cup at ICC level. So, you know, it, it, it becomes massive in the, the, every fourth year that we're we're playing um, the game. But something needs to needs to change. I, you know, I, I think with what we've done with T20 and the, the maybe some of the relevance that's brought to bear, the fact that we've got twenty teams playing in a in a men's World Cup 12 across the um, the women's game that, you know, we're giving better opportunity and more access to um, those world events. Whereas, you know, the one day is it, it's different. So it, it is, and it's going to take some work if we're, um, if we're going to maintain it in terms of its current sort of primacy as um, part of the world program. Um, you know, the, the context or the lack of context, the lack of, um, following and relevance across most of the one days that are played right through that, that four-year cycle um, is something that badly needs to be addressed. Uh, Greg, uh, you mentioned before you're uh, you're on the way very shortly to uh, head to the closing stages of the ICC qualifying tournament for the upcoming World Cup, and then you've got meetings as such. Uh, one of the, uh, I, I suppose, concerning things to come out of this uh, is the demise of the West Indies and people are now saying uh, the game is um, is in serious decline uh, in that part of the world. Now, here's, um, here is uh, an international team which has contributed so much and set the standard for so long. Uh, is that something the ICC look at and are very concerned about? Yes, yep. Um, yeah, the decline of the game in, in any region of the world is, is concerning, um, given that most of the time and most of our measures are actually on an upward um, projection so you know the fact that you have got a region like the caribbean um in decline and as you say couple that with its um rich history um in the game um it's hugely concerning and and unfortunately it's it's in part a reflection of the way that not just cricket but probably the sporting um, landscape is moving um, you know, money is really important in the professional era of sport. Um, yeah, so I think that we can, you know, lay some of the blame at, at, at the door of, um, you know, professionalism and, and money coming into the game, which makes it very difficult for a region like the Caribbean, which, uh, you know, consists of 16 islands, all with their own um, government and governance structures, without a lot in common apart from some geographical proximity. Um, so to try and pull the game together um, in, in this current environment is really tough. 
So it's, um, you know, we're doing what we can to support the West Indies. Um, obviously, we can't create some sort of false construct at, at all. They've, they've got to work through their issues um, at, at home to a large degree. And, and domestically, that is really, really tough. And as I said, coupled with the fact that, um, you know, the players are being attracted to better um, remuneration elsewhere, particularly the leagues, means that it's it's becoming doubly hard for them. So so the similar answer, Ian, is that it's hugely concerning. The um, the growing emergence, so I won't say emergence because it's been here for a while, but the growing stature, shall we say, of T Twenty cricket and the fact you have a World uh, Cup of T Twenty cricket, basically, or a World Championship every couple of years the next one I think is in the, the United States coupled with the West Indies which may be a bit of an issue in itself but um, T, T20 cricket uh, I mean is it is that a is it just a giant a, a giant as far as you're concerned is it is it uh, getting to the point where it's an overwhelming giant you feel yeah aspects of it are overwhelming no doubt about that I mean it has grown so quickly as a phenomenon um, that you know, I'm not sure that, that we've all really um, managed to grasp you know exactly um, in, a, in a measured way how to continue to use that to grow the game. I, you know, again, I go back to um, the uh, opening comment that I made. I mean, we, we have to see this as an opportunity. We're really fortunate to have, in, in the last fifteen years or so, to have had this form of the game that's been able to do what it, what it's done. Um, and I think you know we we can't resolve from the fact that it. It reflects modern society. Um, you know, kids playing the game, parents being involved in it, people watching it, consuming it, um, fans as well as players, uh, uh, daring in all forms of life to you know almost gratification type mentality. You know, that they're fitting these things in as best they can. So, so it does reflect, I, I guess, um, you know what what society is doing, and um, you know the. Uh, maybe the ogre of the broadcaster or whatever is demanding the shorter form of the game because obviously it sells. Um, people have time to get along for a few hours, whereas they don't for days on end. All of those factors come into play. So, so we've got something that sustains that, which is great. And it's been a, you know, again, if we look at the decline that was happening in cricket, to be able to arrest that and turn it around, albeit with the shorter form of the game, I guess is, is great. You know, we want people playing cricket no matter what form it is as opposed to not playing cricket. And it's also been a great shot in the arm for um, for the women's game as well. And I, I think that that's, we're going to see that explode over um, the coming years in, in terms of the form of the game that will underpin um, what, what the females are, are going to play and what they'll be attracted to. So, so look, it, it, it's great, but like all facets of growth, it, it comes with its issues. There is no doubt about that. And you can see that manifesting not least of all in the proliferation of domestic leagues around the world. Um, they mm. are creating a, 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 a lot of um, consternation, not just amongst administrators, but you know, numerous other people involved in the game, um, as that calendar just starts to become more and more congested. It's, it's a double-edged sort of sword you've got there too, uh, because on one hand, people are demanding it. On the other hand, Players uh, and some high-profile players are saying it's way too busy for us. It's way too congested for us. We can't fit it in physically or mentally. Uh, how do you balance that out? It must be very, very tough. Yeah, it is. It's hugely tough. And 
you know, I think that that's the, the bit that I, I'm not sure that um, enough attention has been um, given to is the, is the welfare of the players. You know, you can't blame a player that um, might be an injury away from the end of his or her career. You um, setting up a family and setting up for life after cricket to um, to cash in on, on what the leagues are offering. But they can't. They simply can't play the game every every day of every month of every year. So they are going to start to prioritise what they're doing, and you can see that beginning to happen um, in, in the way that players are maybe not accepting central contracts or permanent contracts. They're trying to keep options open. They're, they're trying to work around it. I guess the challenge um, for for all of us is to again try to work out where the balance is there you know how do you contract better how do you schedule better um what do we need to do with that calendar to maybe relieve relieve some of the some of the pressures that that we're facing and you know what parts of the game maybe do we deprioritize to um create some room and as i say to reduce or relieve some of the pressure so they're, they're all challenges i mean you know there are always challenges in, in sport and cricket is no different uh, you know, at least we're grappling with the with the right problems here, which is how to control more interest and, and more participation, and you know, more more of the sport being played, as opposed to sitting at the other end of the spectrum where you know, we're scratching our heads, wondering you know how to deal with a sort of you know empty stadium and people going off to play different sports. So, um, yeah, again. It's a, it's a positive issue to deal with, but it is absolutely an issue that um, is going to take a, a, a lot of thinking through. And I, I know I'm talking a lot here, but I, I think the answer to begin with lies in, in the calendar, um, you know, getting better alignment across that calendar and working with um, the member countries that are establishing or already have these leagues to see if you know, there isn't sort of some compromise around that because... Yeah, the, the the bit that probably poses the biggest issue of, of all is, is self-interest. It doesn't matter whether you're India, whether you're Zimbabwe, um, any of the associate countries. First and foremost, they're setting up legs because they work for their own domestic concerns. They provide opportunity and and, and they provide money. So, you know, they're, they're always going to vote with their wallets um, as opposed to make necessarily looking long-term at what's better for the game and, and trying to turn maybe that mode of thinking around a little bit to to realise that, you know, we're in a great position, but we don't want to break it. Um, we've just got to modify some things here to ensure that the game stays, um, you know, really popular, it continues to do what it does and, and ultimately is sustainable. Uh, Greg, um, when it comes to uh, the power at the, at the table, the board, for years people have said, oh, there's the big three or four, you know, England, um, India, Australia, uh, followed by the next group down. Is, is that a thing? I mean, are there major stakeholders as opposed to um, to smaller factions within the running of the game? Yeah, the answer to, that, to all of that is yes. Um, the the big three, I think, is a you know it's an easy label to apply to three countries that um, probably a better resource or have the better cleaning resources. Of any country in the in the world, but I, to be honest, I don't experience um, a, a big three thing at all at the ICC. Uh, you know, I I have an expectation that um, that India, England, and Australia recognise the the strength that they have in cricket, and they use that to um, to help 
in a variety of ways to, um, to you know bring or move the game forward. You know, I think that they have both an obligation and a responsibility to to do that. Um, whether that's playing against lesser members, whether that's um, turning up to all the world events, um, contributing on the administrative side of the game, I, you know, in a whole variety of ways. Uh, but I, I don't necessarily equate that with some sort of, you know, the um, odious kind of label that's given to the big three. What we do have undoubtedly is is a really influential member in India for all the obvious reasons. Um, and, you know, that, that does take some, some managing. You know, again, fortunate to have a country that can do what India does and that they, um, you know, have been able to contribute what they have to the game. But, you know, clearly when, when you've got, I, I guess, that um, degree of influence, it, it, it takes some management um, just to make sure that everything stays in alignment. And, you know, often it's not easy. But by and large, I found them really, really good to work with. They're, um, they're, they're positive and they do accept their um, their responsibility um, given the attributes that they they bring to cricket. Uh, Greg, just finally, uh, we saw, uh, what, around uh, 18 months ago now, uh, a Women's World Cup in New Zealand. And I think this country in particular... Uh, got to see firsthand the interest uh, and the standard of cricket in particular and how much uh, excitement there is about the women's form of the game. Uh, do you see that globally? Uh, y yes, um, but not probably to the extent that we would like to or want to. You know, you're seeing things like the um, the Com Games, which was great. It was a, I was fortunate enough to be there and you know, it was a really vibrant part of the um, part of the program, the, the cricket. So you, you're seeing all these opportunities starting to emerge. Um, that there's no doubt that the ICC events are vastly improved, and the standard of cricket and the opportunity that's given to the athletes is getting better and better. So hopefully, it will become you know, self-perpetuating in terms of the um, you know the opportunity and the success of of the game. But Clearly, there are, for a whole variety of reasons, not least of all cultural and geographic and economic, there are large parts of the world, excuse me, that, that are way behind where England, Australia, even New Zealand are in terms of, um, you know, the, the um, females that are participating in the game. So, you know, you sort of look at it and go, well, there's a lot of work to be done, there is, but it's also a great opportunity. Um, you know, once we can get Asia and South Asia, Middle East, um, those Gulf states, um, parts of Africa. You know, that, it, it is a wonderful opportunity. There is no doubt about that. And, and I have no doubt that, that it will eventuate as well. I, you know, I think that the, um, the future of cricket is really, really bright. Well, that's great to hear, Greg. Um, and uh, we do really appreciate uh, your time. Um, and uh, we wish you uh, safe travels um, across to uh, Africa coming up very shortly and uh, yeah I'll, I'll look forward to catching up with you uh, personally perhaps at the World Cup uh, October November in India uh, I look forward to that yeah, and be, having a chin, be great, having a chinwag yep indeed no, I really look forward to that and um, you know thanks very much for having me on it's been great to chat cheers Greg travel safe thank you thanks there yeah